0: So today, I'll be giving a sermon about searching for positivity. So in my life, as a seven-year-old boy, I experienced something that I would never wish upon anyone else. I had a three-year-old brother. His name was Corey. and not, He wasn't just my brother, but he was my best friend. We did all those typical brother things. Sports, being competitive, constantly fighting, getting in trouble by mom and dad. But most importantly, we were always there for each other, regardless of How upset, how angry we were. We always did everything together. We loved each other. We cared for each other. But everything for that changed on a snowy day in February. So on February 22nd, 2009, we were uh, going to church with my cousin. And it was the first time we've ever done that. And our parents let us go. And this church was in Congress. So we went to the service. And after we... We sat through the service, and it was close to Easter, so that's what the service was about. And after church, we decided to go back to his house to have lunch, and then we were going to go back home. And on the way home, we hit a patch of ice, and we slid off the road. And so we were sitting in the ditch, the driver's side's facing up. And we're trying to figure out how to get out, and because of the way the car was sitting, the trunk was the best way for us to get out of the car. And so my cousin and his then girlfriend got out of the car, and they got out, and then I got out, and so my brother was the last one to get out of the car. And as I'm doing that, as he's doing that, his coat gets caught on the hitch. But as that's happening, a car that was speeding on the road comes flying off the road and it starts heading towards the field that's over there. But then all of a sudden, it starts turning towards our car where he's caught on the hitch. And as that's happening, my cousin's trying to help him out, and then eventually that car comes closer and closer and ends up hitting him. And so I'm sitting there watching all this unfold as a 7-year-old, and for the next 30 minutes to an hour, I'm sitting there waiting. Ambulances, police, news reporters, family, parents are all there to support, there to figure out what's going on. And so I'm sitting there in a car that stopped by, and they had me sit there. And I'm just sitting there praying and praying that my brother's all right, my best friend's all right, and that I'll see him again. And as all this is happening, the medical team decided to put me in an ambulance so I could get evaluated, even though there was nothing wrong with me, because I was more concerned with my brother at that point. And I'm driving, we we start driving to the hospital, and we get there, and I get stuck in a room far away from my brother, and I'm sitting there with my grandma Klein, talking, talking about everything, and how my cousin wished it was him, and all that stuff, and finally get released to go to the main lobby, and... As I'm sitting there with a bunch of family, friends, community members, I was sitting there talking. We were all just praying together. And then finally uh, they come out and basically announce that I heard the hardest words I've ever heard in my life is that my brother was dead. And I sat there for, I mean, we were there for two hours. And I sat there, there was like a vending machine area, and I sat there by myself and cried the whole time. Because I know, as a seven-year-old boy, you really wouldn't think that people could comprehend that. But I knew what just happened, and I, I just lost my best friend that I've been basically growing up with. And so that day, watching the accident unfold, and hearing those words, were the toughest things that my life has ever that I've ever experienced. And for the months later, the next years coming up, uh, my family, my parents, we went away from church because. After, I talked to my mom a bunch, and they were saying how they were angry. And they don't know how they felt with God at that point. And being that young, I really didn't have that power to convince them, because I was only like 8, 9, 10 years old. But finally, when I get to high school, I'm able to drive, etc. And I finally go to church for the first time since the accident. And that's like 2016, 2017. And walking in there knowing, thinking in my head, this is actually the first time I've been there since that Sunday that he died. And, and I started thinking I should convince my parents to go. And I finally did that. And I started talking, talking, you guys should go to church. There's no need to be angry that much anymore. You still go. And finally, I convinced them that they should go. And when they first came, it was 2018. And that's nine years after the accident. And I feel as people that we should, we feel that we need to blame, put the blame on someone. And sometimes we put the blame on others because we feel that we shouldn't put the blame on ourselves. And most of the time, it's putting the blame on God. And except in times like this, these situations that where there's death, there's sickness, poor health, we want to put blame on Him because we have no one else to blame. Except He's that person that's going to be there for us when we're down in those times. He's there, he, puts, he reaches out His arms for us to be there for, his, for our comfort. And yet we still, have, we still get angry with him. And in life, there is so much more negativity than there is positivity. You see it every, every day, every second of your life, there's more, there's more negatives going on in our life. And I can tell you from first-hand experience, losing my brother, um, people in my life, family, friends, from friends' families, suffering from diseases, illnesses, especially cancer, that's been a big part of my life. And losing the last two years of my high school experience, losing my senior prom, losing my high school graduation, and most recently, losing out my first semester of college. No sports, all remote learning. Yet, I could go on and on about all these negatives that continue to happen in my life, but I choose not to because there's still that one positive, that one light in our life, and that's God. Yet, for us to have that positive in our life, we must maintain that relationship with Him, create that relationship with Him. And it starts with going to church. And things are going to happen in our life, but that should not take away what our relationship with God. And going to church does that. It starts creating that relationship so that you have that chance to maintain that throughout your life. Because church is supposed to be that place of comfort for people. And I know with our generation... A lot of people are thinking, we're starting to go away from the church. And I do agree because people think they need to be perfect. And to be at church, no one needs to be perfect. And everyone knows no one's perfect. And church is a place where we welcome people. And there's a lot of amazing people, like everyone out there, that would greet people with welcome, uh, heartwarming welcomes, love them, care them, support them. And I feel like people don't feel that they'll get that. But as a church... I know that we could show that. And for me, um, people, when these negative things happen, they feel that they need to continue to be angry towards God. They need to be upset with Him. But there's no need to keep that anger towards Him. Because I've been preaching to the youth group the last three times we met about countless opportunities. And you look in the Old Testament, pretty much throughout it, about the Israelites. And the Israelites continue to fail Him. And you can see that God threatens them every time that He'll take them out. But yet He doesn't because He has that hope for us that we'll eventually come together as a community, a church community, and we'll overcome everything that's happening in our world. And So I continue to tell them that. that he, he's giving us all these opportunities to fix these things that we've done poorly and all the mistakes that we continue to make yet He still has hope for us. And if we don't put these angers and these emotions beside us, then these opportunities that He gives us every single day are going to continue to decrease, because He's no longer going to have that hope. Yet He's He's still going to have a little hope for us, and that's why I refer to Philippians uh, four four. I'll say it again: Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again: Rejoice. And that comes from one of my favorite idols, Tim Tebow. He He says that because people, when they get down, they don't feel like they have to praise Him. They're going to give credit to Him. They're going to rejoice in Him. But you should never do that. You should always rejoice. You should always pray for Him because He picks us up in our down moments. He's always there when we are down in the dumps. We're always going through through troubles in life like death, um, health issues, sports, school, etc., He's always there for us, and He always opens His arms up for us. And now, it's our turn to rejoice and praise Him and clear, and clear our minds so that we're able to welcome Him into our heart. And so I feel like if we're rejoicing, we're able to welcome that light into our life, that positive into our, light, our life, and it's going to eliminate a lot of the negativity that's surrounding us today. And through the times that we're experiencing right now, but searching for Him brings that one positive in our life, creating that relationship, maintaining that positive, just when there's so much negativity around us, especially most recently. I feel like with the coronavirus and everything else that's going on, this has been our chance to get better with Him, and it's it's that opportunity. That he's that's an opportunity He's given us. He's giving us that chance to go to church every Sunday. It's that one day of the week that we're able to go to Him and clear our heads and relieve ourselves of everything that we're going through right now. And so, He's that one positive that we've been looking for.